It's a lesson from the win over USF that the Bearcats must utilize to reach their goal of a conference championship in the second half of the regular season. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lock, <coughs> excuse me, to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow us too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So the the USF game is interesting to me because um. It revealed one key to the second half that I have, and that's avoiding the trap game, right? So the <coughs> excuse me, the Bearcats have potentially three trap games in the second half of the regular season: Navy, Temple, and SMU, right? So they got to win those games. And I say Navy because it's after you it's after UCF and before a good ECU team. Temple because it's the last road game of the regular season and before potentially a big game with Tulane. SMU because, you know, it's the game before UCF. So there are some <clears throat> excuse me. There are some trap games on the schedule for the second half of the regular season. My question is can the Bearcats avoid them becoming trap games? You know, I think, sorry, I think the USF game really woke the Bearcats up in terms of, you know, every team is going to give them their best shot because they are the two-time reigning conference champions, because they just went to the college football playoff. It doesn't matter what team the Bearcats are playing, even as, even a team as lowly as South Florida, who doesn't have a lot of talent, but yet made that game very competitive. And that's what I would say is a key to the second half is you can't take your foot off the gas against a lesser conference opponent. You know, you got to be able to get up for Navy and Temple and even SMU on the road. Like these are not like every game matters, especially when you're moving to the Big 12 and you've won two straight conference championships. You haven't lost a conference game in three years, every team is coming for you. you know, it doesn't matter you know if that team is zero and ten or one and five, they will <clears throat> excuse me, they will be ready for you. All right, so let's <coughs> excuse me so let's look at um some of my keys to the second half of, of the regular season, you know. Aside from avoiding the trap games, taking care of business business and games you're supposed to. A program that usually does a great job of doing so. You know, the Bearcats over the years have done a really good job of avoiding the trap game. You know, I mentioned before the USF game, in fact, last year they went in Indiana before Notre Dame and won by two scores. And that could have been viewed as a trap game, but it wasn't. 
this program prides itself in games that can trip them up. They go out and dominate. They beat Temple after Notre Dame on a short week, 52-3. to Hopefully, USF was the wake-up call for this team. Now, my other keys to the second half of the regular season. Running the football and stopping the run. This is, you know, complimentary football. This program's identity is its ability to run the football. That's still their identity offensively. Like, I understand that their passing attack has been more dynamic this year than last year. It's been better. It's able to take the top off the defense. But the running game is still how you are going to win, especially as we'll talk later this week, this Saturday at, at SMU, because they do not they do not do a good job of stopping the run. You're going to have to find a way to um, to stop the run or to run the football and keep that high-octane offense off the field. That's how you neutralize high-octane offenses that you're facing the next two weeks, and it's how you open up your passing game. You wear down a defense. That's why they say the Bearcats are a ground-and-pound offense. That's what they want to do. So you got to be able to run the football and then stopping the run and force teams to throw the ball against a UC defense that has a very opportunistic secondary. They have opportunistic linebackers, and that's, quite frankly, a recipe for winning. I look at this Bearcats team and see that their defense that struggles sometimes to stop the run. Last year, they struggled against Tulsa and Alabama. Well, they're going to face more teams that like to run the football. Navy, Tulane, you know, whoever they face in the uh, in a bowl game. You know, which, by the way, the Bearcats still have not yet clinched a bowl game, but they should with the win Saturday at SMU. But running the football offensively and sticking to your offense's identity and also stopping the run and, you know, making defenses have to, or making opposing offenses have to throw the ball. That's going to be a big key in the second half, which the defense has been really good at stopping the run throughout the first half. It's got to continue in the second half. Other keys for me, you know, avoiding stretches, long scoring stretches, long scoreless stretches. We've talked about that yesterday. That's going to add up against teams like SMU and UCF. Heck, Navy and Tulane, it could end up being in, in, in those. Aggressive play calling. You know, how you avoid those non-scoring stretches. When you get first and goal at the 10, don't try two running plays. Take a shot at the end zone. Um, and then when we get to, um, you know, if you're in a lull offensively, you know, maybe try and take a shot down the field. You know, try it, you know, like, a gadget play or, you know, a run up the mid or, uh, you know, a trick play, something like that. You got to be aggressive. You can't just, you know, continue to do what you think is going to work. You have to try something different. You know, it, <coughs> excuse me, that's on Gino Gadouli to be aggressive with this play calling. And I think he can be continuing to be that way uh, in his first full season, season as offensive coordinator and then staying healthy. You know, you have to stay healthy. Tyler Scott was, you know, got injured in the previous game against South Florida. Um, Will Pauling is still out. Malik Van's out for the season. You know, Arquan Bush came back in the USF game. But still, there are 
some injuries to this team. We don't know how healthy Ben Bryan is now. Corey Kiner missed the last game. Some Several key players need to stay healthy. If this team is going to make that run in the second half of, of the regular season, which I do believe they can. All right, coming up. So this player saved the Bearcats against USF and is just as key of a player as Ben Bryan and Ivan Pace in the second half of the season. I'll get into that after a word from Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside, an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out with every purchase. I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED ON, or excuse me, LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Then claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Using <coughs> promo code LOCKED. Alex Frank back with you here, Locked on Bearcats, your host each and every day, free and available everywhere that you get your podcast and on YouTube. So, Mason Fletcher, and I know a lot of you might be rolling your eyes right now. I'm going to talk about a punter, but he is very valuable to this team. I would argue just as valuable as Ben Bryan and Ivan Pace. And as I mentioned after the USF game, he saved the Bearcats in that game. He had three total punts in that game, all of which went, went inside the 20. Two of those came in the second half. He can change a game because he can establish field position. He can help out a struggling Bearcats offense. And it reminds me a lot of 2019 in James Smith when the Bearcats were struggling offensively and how James Smith could just flip the field with his punting. And, you know, bail the offense out. If this offense continues to go into long scoreless stretches, you have another good punter, Mason Fletcher, who can give your defense optimal field position and keep the field position in your favor, which can make it life easier for a struggling offense. Never underestimate the power of a punter and special teams because they're really important and so is Mason Fletcher. Excuse me. So, key players in the second half. I I mentioned Mason Fletcher. I mentioned Ben Bryan and Ivan Pace Jr. Charles McClellan, I put him in there too. I'm not going to put Corey Kiner because I don't know how healthy he is. And Charles McClellan is the best running back on this team right now. 179 yards against USF. He's playing the best football of his career. He's running really well. He's healthy, which is a big key to the second half of the season, particularly for him. And quite frankly... That is a sign that he is going to be a big key to the second half of the season because the Bearcats are going to run the football. And so long as he's healthier than Corey Kiner, which right now seems to be the case, he's going to get most of the touches. 
And that's a big, that's a good thing if you're Cincinnati. Because he's had 200 yard games this season. And he is looking to take, and that is monumental when you have a bell cow running back like that. Ben Bryant. You know, I think a lot of us coming into the season, myself included, wanted the Bearcats to win. You know, we're hoping the Bearcats could still win a lot of games in spite of Ben Bryant. But he's been the reason why they've won five games, right? You have to realize that he's the reason why the Bearcats are 5-1, and one, on offense at least, and could be 6-0. and oh. Are there things he can improve upon? Yes. But as far as I'm concerned, he's exceeded my expectations. And maybe he has for your for you too. Because I look at what he's done, and he's leading the Bearcats to victory. You know, there's nothing flashy to his game, but there's a lot of good to it. You know, <coughs> he may not come with the um, flash and panache and style that Desmond Ritter came with. But, okay, but he's very smart, he's got a good arm, he makes good decisions, and he's very resilient. And that's what I want to see from him in the second half. He's coming off two struggling games, but he's still very important to this offense, right? He's kind of gotten lost, you know, as far as what's won the Bearcats their previous two games, which has been largely their defense and their running game. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. But we can't forget how important Ben Bryan is to this team's success. Ivan Pace Jr., the team goes as he goes, Right. He's the motor of this team. He's the driver of this team. You know, and maybe that's why the Bearcats only beat USF by four. Ivan Pace Jr. was dinged up, didn't have that, that prolific of a day. Just seven tackles and one tackle for loss. You know, that's two weeks after he had four and a half tackles for loss and 15 total tackles. So a lot of football left to be played. And if Ivan Pace Jr. can get back to double-digit tackles a game, and multiple tackles for loss, and multiple sacks, this defense is going to be really humming. Because he's the spark plug of this team. He's the energizer. He's in on every single play. That's what I want to see from my team's best defensive player, from the Bearcats' best defensive player. Uh, Javon Hicks. Javon Hicks made the game game-winning fourth down stop. But it's more than just that. He has two interceptions this season. He's the leader in a secondary that is, you know, let's call it for what it is, is, you know, still in transition a little bit, right? But at the end of the day, this is still a talented secondary, and Hicks has been playing a lot of football with this team for a long time. He knows what it's like. And I believe that he's going to make continue to make an impact with his ability to take the ball away and create turnovers and really develop the, you know, up-and-coming players in Shepard, Threats, 
and Hardaway and Taj Ward and every <coughs> and every other player in what's still an inexperienced secondary, but one that is coming along nicely. Um, then we go up front. Jawan Briggs and Jabari Taylor. I mean, what those two guys have done in the absence of Malik Van is nothing short of spectacular. Their performances against Tulsa won them that game. Jawan Briggs has enjoyed a nice breakout season through the first half. His stats are his stats are already shattering last year's. He's finally reaching that potential. And then um uh Jabari Taylor. Just that sixth-year veteran presence, but yet he's still being a disruptor up the middle. <coughs> His ability to get after the quarterback. And, I mean, this is a classic example of next man up for the Bearcats. Their senior leader, hometown, hometown hero goes down. And what did Briggs and Taylor do? Come right in, pick up the slack. No sweat. Give credit to Briggs. You know, taking on a larger role this year. Not playing behind Van and Brooks and Taylor. He's now one of the guys determining whether or not the Bearcats win games. And he's doing a great job so far. So there you have it. My seven key players to the second half of the season. Ben Bryant, Charles McClellan, Ivan Bates Jr., Javon Hicks, Mason Fletcher, Jawan Briggs, Jabari Taylor. All right, switching gears to hoops for the last segment as I battle still a little cold, but uh, I'm here, and that's what matters. Switching gears to hoops for the last segment, I'll tell you the one thing that has me really excited for this upcoming season after a word from Nissan. So, our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Lockdown College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Bearcats uh, game or weekend game or throughout the history of the Bearcats and the University of Cincinnati. And this week's thrilling moment from the Bearcats' victory over South Florida was Charles McClellan's game-winning 35-yard touchdown run <coughs> early in the fourth quarter. This segment has been brought to you or inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available now at NissanUSA.com. All right, so we're going to switch gears here to talk some hoops because basketball season is less than three weeks away. The Bearcats take it on Chaminade Monday night, November 6th, the Fifth Third Arena. That's a 7 o'clock tip. Um, and I'm reading Justin Williams. I'm reading his write-up about the Bearcats' experience and continuity. And it got me thinking, like, how that excites me for what could be this season. Because if you go back and you look at last year's team. They had some talent. They had some guys you really liked, but they didn't mesh well on the court. There wasn't any cohesion. There wasn't, you know, any creativity. And a lot of that comes from a very, very inexperienced roster that was, (coughs) you know, let's be honest, somewhat, somewhat cobbled together throughout the offseason by Wes Miller. Well, this year, it's a matter of 
that experience and having that whole off season and to use the experience last year and all the adversity that you faced to, um, excuse me, this year it's about, you know, finishing. You know, last year the Bearcats in close games in teams that were equal to Cincinnati's caliber or better, they weren't very good. Look at the losses to Memphis twice, Houston, SMU on the road, Tulsa, UCF. Those are teams Cincinnati should beat. And that's what you want to see this year. There's a roster now intact. They've had an offseason of practice. They've had an offseason of, you know, just realizing how much, you know, basketball they've played together, getting stronger, normal offseason. You know, they now know what the expectations are. They know what it takes to win. And you look at the experience on this roster. Nine upperclassmen, eight senior grad students. That's a, that's huge. You know, guys who have been there before. A lot of leadership. A lot more depth on this team. And it's only going to get better. <coughs> the one thing I do want to see with this experience and with this, um, you know, sorry, is a little more creativity with the offense. Make it unpredictable. You know, be more than David DeJulius and Jeremiah Davenport. You know, find ways to get guys like Micah Adams-Woods and Odio Guama and John Newman. Get those guys chances offensively. Create, you know, set yourself up to get David DeJulius in one-on-one or Jeremiah Davenport, you know, something other than just shooting threes. There are ways to do that. And the experience will prove vital this year. I should not have to feel like it's hard to watch this team against Temple and South Florida. And they should win all the games they're supposed to. How they fare against Memphis and Houston, yeah, that'll be the key. But this team has already been through a lot of adversity. Last year with the losses, 15 losses. You know, last year was their first time ever in the American where they were, you know, lower than fifth. That doesn't happen. In conference play. But this offseason has had a lot of continuity, a lot of practice, and a lot of momentum for this program with Jizzle James and Rayvon Griffith and the transfers who've come in. <coughs> who hopefully will make an impact as well. I'm excited to see an experienced team form more of an identity, have more cohesion, and be in contention for the big dance. That's what I'm excited to see. All right, on tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to talk about basketball recruiting with Jason Jordan, our director of recruiting for basketball at Sports Illustrated. Thursday, Russ Heldman back with me, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, on the SMU game Saturday and the start of the second half of the football season, SMU preview on Friday. Um, that is going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram to AlexFrank9 underscore or email me at Alex3FrankGmail.com. And while you're at it, for your second listen, make it locked on Big 12 with everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Locked On taking you across the conference in 30 minutes. Locked on Big 12, your second listen, that's Locked On Big 12. 
For Lockdown Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy, so you can keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Back with Jason Jordan tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Alex Frank for the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, and I will talk to you tomorrow.